Hey, I'm John. And I'm Keith. And welcome to Flummadiddle, your somewhat reliable source of information. For most things. Most things. Well, Keith, what are we going to do today? Well, I tell you what, John. Let's start with this right here. All right. I have a piece of paper here. Piece of paper. And I actually don't want to use this piece of paper. We've got something else I'm going to write on real quick, just something small. And what I'm going to do, John, while you're getting that, I'm going to lay out a few little things here, okay? Okay. This here. We've got this here. Got this here. All right, we got a pen. We got a roll of duct tape. All right. We got a, another pen. We got a rival Artemis Nerf gun ball. A coffee cup. A coffee cup. And some duct tape. And a partridge. And a piece of paper tree. for me to write on. What I'm going to do, John. All right. Now, just prepare yourself because I am going to, without you even knowing it, read your mind. And I'm going to manipulate you into doing what I want you to do. It's going to blow your mind. Are you going to make me disappear? Not right now. Okay. If you behave, I won't All make right. you disappear. Okay. Cool. So I, what I got to first do, okay, is write down something on this sheet of paper right here. Keith is currently writing on the sheet of paper. And I'm not letting him see it, and I'm going to fold it up. We're going to set it to the side. Okay. Okay, so that's over there on the side. Over on the side. So now here's the rules, John. We'll put this in there too. I think there's an even amount of things there. Okay. What I want to do is I'm going to put my hands over two items, and you pick one, and then we'll discard it. And then you do the same thing, and then I'll discard it. Okay? Okay. All right, Ray. Do we want to tell what we're doing, what we're discarding here and picking? Yeah, sure. while we're doing it, that's fine. Yeah. All right, so I place my hand over a infrared thermal laser gun thing and a roll of duct tape and now i pick one okay so pick the duct tape we're gonna put it away all right there we go duct tape's gone gone all right so i'm gonna do the same thing i'm putting it over y'all i don't have any clue what we're doing so just hang on with us we're gonna have a podcast all right i'm putting it over a coffee cup and a pen now pick one john let's get rid of the pen all right pen's gone all right you do it i'm putting my hand over two separate pens the best pen in the world we're not getting paid for this but if the podcast is really taking off uh uniball we would like you to know we're plugging you for free today the uniball signo micro 207 best pen on earth for everyday uses that's that's right and so since you gave them a free plug i'm gonna leave it in there and take the other one how about I, that absolutely that all right so now i got um the infrared thing heat thermometer thing and coffee cup yeah, you can get rid of the thermometer thing. Okay, good, because I'm thirsty. I'm keeping the coffee cup right there. All right. All right, go for it, man. Still don't know what's going on, y'all. Hang on with us. We're going to have a podcast. We're having fun. Things are disappearing. I right, to put my hand over the coffee cup and the Nerf ball. All right, I'm going to grab the coffee cup, take a drink, because I'm thirsty. All right. Let's Cheers, to the coffee. Side. All right. Now, John, we got two things. Now, we got three things left. So, well, let's put one more thing in there to make it even. Okay. All right. And that is some eye drops, it looks like. It is. All right, so let's go with the eye drops in the most awesomest pen in the whole world. Man, we're keeping the Uniball Signo Micro 207 in the game. All right, so the eye drops are gone. So hopefully we'll send this to them and they'll hear that and they'll want to sponsor our podcast. All right, so this is not part of it. And here's what we're going to do, John. This is where it gets a little different, okay? Just to prove to you that I am so amazing... I'm going to let you do the last pick, 
okay okay and it just worked out that way anyway but i'm going to put my hands over these two things and you pick one okay right go for it pick it pick it man nerf ball nerf ball okay so i'm gonna take that nerf ball that was your final and last pick right okay and i'm gonna hand you this piece of paper with it okay now look and see what that piece of paper says that piece of paper says yellow ball what you think man i think it's magic dude i'm flabbergasted magic. and if you haven't figured it out yet we are talking about magic among us today and there is magic all around us magic John. magic tricks that is let's just go ahead and uh, set that apart we are not talking about the dark mystical arts no no we're not going to be talking about the occult the occultish things that kind of magic the gathering and the darkness in the in the history and we'll get to the history part later there is some they, they do have a connection let's say that but <clears throat> We are talking about the art of magic. We're talking about like illusions, stage magic, right? Fun and stuff I, and, on and that TV. It's, and it's kind of funny yeah. you mentioned that. I think a lot of people who don't want you to think that they are, you know, like dark mystical magic people, they like have changed David their Blaine. name. Yeah, they change their names to illusionist. You know. Okay, I got you. And there's kind of like this code today. A lot of people think that they should say, "Hey, this is all magic tricks. I'm nothing magic about me," but it's still impressive, don't you think? Absolutely, man absolutely some and cool stuff there's an art to it for sure it's a performance art and um so no matter what you think of magic and and people think a lot of different things about magic some people hate magic i like it what <laughs> you know what one thing i noticed though if i think of all the well not all of them you can't say all of them i was just thinking about some of these guys especially one we're gonna mention later seem like real nerdy types yeah, it seems like magic has somehow or another become like a, a nerdy thing to do. Why do you think that is? Tom? I don't know, but let me just say this. We love all the nerds listening. Oh, yeah. We love nerds. Absolutely. We're pretty nerdy ourselves. It can be pretty nerdy about things. Absolutely, man. But, like, why do you think that is? Like, why is it like a nerdy thing to do? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I've thought about it a little bit. Like, maybe it's because kids love it so much, and it's right. kind of like playing video games all the time as an adult it seems like a more childish thing to do right or i wonder if it's a you know i wonder about the personalities are these people that spend a lot of times by themselves yeah you know and then develop this so like socially a little bit socially right awkward or shy or something so like fabulous musicians sometimes are the same way socially awkward because and that's why they became such great absolutely hold up in the bedroom 10, 12 hours a day in high school and played guitar all day stuff. Right. And so maybe it's because, you know, like you said, it's just a certain type of people who are held up doing this kind of stuff. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know why. Man. I just don't think who it knows? should be considered a nerdy thing because, like, it's pretty cool. And Absolutely. we all have experience with it. Absolutely. So let's talk about this, man. How does this stuff work? You know, we've all seen the illusions, the tricks, the whatever, whether it's whether it's on TV or whether it's a live stage show or whatever it might be. What are we talking about here? So we're not conjuring up the spirits to do magical things for us. Right. So, so what's happening here? How do we accomplish these tricks? Well, basically, what we're talking about, I would think that magic, the idea behind it, is to try to make the audience believe that you are doing something seemingly impossible. Impossible. <clears throat> and I think that's that's kind of the allure, the allure to it. You know, like it's kind of cool to see the impossible done it makes it makes anything feel possible in your life absolutely 
and there's a sense of wonder to it, like Santa Claus or something, you know. I agree. You know what? Uh, what's the show? Oh gosh, Penn and Teller had a show. Mm-hmm. Do you ever watch that? When they have it, the guys yeah. come on and do the tricks. I really uh, like it when they actually stump Penn and Teller. Yeah, the, it's called Penn and Teller Fool Us. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got on a kick and watched. It. I like that stuff. It's good stuff, man. I like it too. And Penn and Teller is great. And I, I actually didn't put them in here, but I should have. They're great. So hey, we're not talking about Penn and Teller today. Well, we kind of are. So hey, maybe Penn and Teller would like to sponsor a podcast. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Maybe they could come on our podcast and make us disappear or something. Make the podcast disappear. Make the whole podcast disappear. Absolutely, Dave. Except not on our uh, hard drives. Exactly. That would suck. (laughs) We'd be like, bring it back. All right. so. So, Keith, tell me a little bit about the history of magic. Okay. Well, I mean, the way they do this stuff is through sleight of hand, mentalism, psychology, Great feats of physiology. 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 Great feats of physicality. I can do great feats of physiology (laughs) myself. You stumbled over it too. Heck yeah. Physicality or endurance. And so, you know, and either way, no matter what you're using, as long as you're doing something impossible, making it possible, I would think it would be considered magic. But yeah, it's got a pretty cool history. Um, Magic tricks actually been around for thousands of years. All right. So I know this. One of the earliest tricks was the ball and cup thing, right? Yeah, I think that's dated around 5,000 years ago or something like that. 5,000 years ago, that's, folks. That's tricking, thinking folks. a long time ago. That's a long time ago, dude. I think We're it was like used, ancient Egypt. And that was used probably a lot to swindle people out of some money. Heck yeah. I think it always has been and still will be used to swindle people out of money. But uh, that same trick... Actually, later on, that was like ancient Egyptians and stuff. Later on, it was specialized by a Roman group, and it was you can see uh, in different Roman uh, documents that it was used during that time too. Now we talked a little bit about a connection possibly between the occult and magic. So where do we get this idea from? Well, during the Dark Ages, this was a big deal uh, between the time period of like 400 to 1500 AD. All right. It was very heavily associated with occult practices and witchcraft. So, if you can imagine, it wasn't used with entertainment. It very was man- much. used to, like you said, to probably to manipulate people for whatever reason, whether it was money or power or whatever. Right. I will manipulate you with my magic powers. Yeah, like, I think they would use it a lot of times to make people believe they actually did have powers instead exactly. of being, just being used as entertainment. And I think it was probably could be dangerous too you know because like you have the catholic church rising during that time you could be like pegged with some heresy or something oh man yeah you might depending you might get roasted at stake brother that's right so uh 1584 though this guy named reginald scott he he came up with this book called the discovery of witchcraft and this was kind of a push back on a lot of the persecutions toward you know what he knew was magic tricks i got you but they were thinking, oh, these people have uh, mystical powers, let's burn them at stake. Finally letting people have a peek behind the curtain. Right. So he was kind of the first mass uh, magician, if you will. Okay. All right. But uh, there's another book, 1634, just a little bit after that, was kind of the same thing. It was a revealing book. Um, It actually revealed that age-old trick of the cup and balls. Cup and balls. Or cup of balls. Cup of balls. (laughs) So not much else happened after that until the 1800s. I don't know. The cups and cups of balls are still around these days. <laughs> yeah, man. they are, but gets you in a lot of trouble. So skip on forward for a ways, right? Past the 1800s, Salem witch trials where 
any semblance of having these magical powers or stuff, man, this kind of stuff could, like you said, probably during the Inquisition, could get you in trouble with the church, could get you in trouble with the the Puritans over here wanting to roast right. ladies, you know, like, I don't know, all the crap they did. What yeah. they try to do, drown you and see if you float. Well, yeah, they'd, uh, yeah, they'd hold you underwater, and if you didn't die, that means you wasn't a witch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of sucks, huh? Yeah, I and know, that's you, awful. All right. right. But that's how they did it. That's, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're not laughing at, at gratuitous. I know, because it actually really happened. It, that's it's terrible funny, stuff. But but gosh, it actually happened. It's scary to think about. So magic, right? Yes. Yeah, so um, after the Salem Witch Trials, which was like 1692, you saw in the 1700s people getting a little more brave about using this kind of stuff. And you did see magic as entertainment a little bit. But it was mostly just uh, sideshows and um, carnival shows, you know, street magic, that kind of thing. So we're finally seeing it starting to come into the modern age, and finally it did, right? 1845, Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin. Yeah, and this guy... Changed everything. ...considered the father of modern stage magic. And uh, we want to go through a little bit of his history just because his history is so cool. All right. I mean, we're not all, we have several magicians here we're going to mention. Yeah, and this is just a sprinkling of a few, man. Yeah, There's some is, great yeah. musicians, but these are just some <laughs> ones we picked out. So Houdin... Right, his father was a clockmaker, watchmaker, right. but wanted him to be a lawyer. Right, so he sent him off to this place to work for a lawyer. Lawyer sent him back. He said, man, all he does is tinkers with gadgets all day. He'd make a better watchmaker like you. And so he sent him back and told him he'd make a better watchmaker. So, But Dad had already retired, right? Right, so. he'd already retired. So he decided to do an apprenticeship with his cousin, who was also a watchmaker. Right on, right on. And then eventually, you know, he wanted to become his own watchmaker so he uh ordered some books on clock making you know how to make these things all right what happened it's pretty interesting i like this is they sent the wrong books they sent oh that's cool they sent two volumes of books about magic and like the art and mysteries of magic and how to do magic tricks and stuff oh that's pretty cool and he was gonna send them back but he was just so intrigued he couldn't send them back he just kind of got sucked into them and he got very interested in magic so he went on to become a watchmaker but on the side he was a magician. Excellent, and, uh, excellent. He did kind of the same thing they did in the 1700s to start with, you know, just little sideshows, carnival, stuff like that. Just having fun with it, you know. Things like that. Like we, before we were millionaires doing this podcast, we just started, you know, just right. on the side, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so anyway, he just did it on the side. and um, But he had all along this major vision. He, he envisioned seeing himself doing something different than it always had been done with magic he wanted right. to do it as this huge form of entertainment he wanted to take it to the next level right he wanted to make a real class act stage performance. show All performance right. yeah and so um he did he got some backing got a little bit of funding you know got him a benefactor or something like that there you he, go he built himself a stage and he become a very famous magician his best trick was actually levitating his own son levitating his own son all right which you know i I really didn't see much on the uh, online about how he did that because I was wanting to see like how did he actually do that? He would put like a broom handle underneath one arm and then a broom handle underneath the other arm, and then he was like standing on stools. And he would remove one stool, and then I think he would remove the other one, and he would be holding him by his feet, 
and it seemed like he removed all but one broom handle, and it looked like he was well, he was floating in the floating air. in the air. Yeah. Hey Keith, I've got something gratuitous to add. Uh, right. We're not above asking for a benefactor, so if if we've got some wealthy benefactors out there who would want to sponsor the podcast, you know, feel free, man. That is that would be awesome. All right, cool. We'll do we'll do we'll learn magic tricks even. Oh yeah. So Keith, we'll jump through we, hoops. Absolutely. So we got another guy coming up. I'm gonna tell you his real name, Eric Weiss. Eric Weiss. He is of Austro-Hungarian descent. Mm-hmm. Who are we talking about here, Keith? The great Harry Houdini. The great Harry Houdini. Who, by the way, John, stunk at a sleight of hand. He was terrible at it. But, you know, when I think of Houdini, I think of straight jackets, manacles, shackles, upside down in water, like escaping from stuff, an escape artist, right. if you will. And that's why. He was so bad at like the slide, slide of hand, hand stuff he, he he did those tricks instead. he did the other stuff so he was actually born in budapest hungary right he moved though as a young boy to what northern state keith any ideas i don't know man wisconsin wisconsin he actually claimed that he was born there many years head. later he is a cheesehead he's a green bay packer fan yeah if there would have been a green bay packers back then right but he actually claimed to be born there but he was born in budapest budapest so he had a lot of great tricks, you know, like the buried alive trick, stuff like that. Probably his oh, best yeah. one, man, was it was getting in that crate. Oh, they would yeah. nail that sucker shut, weigh it down with Throw about in the East River. That's yeah, bad stuff, man. They weigh it down with about two hundred pounds of lead, and then they'd handcuff him too with leg irons and handcuffs, and put him in the crate, and nail the lid shut, and drop it in the river. And when they pulled it up, it was still intact, and inside. Was no Houdini. Was no Houdini, but the, but his leg cuffs, or his uh, yeah, leg irons and handcuffs were still in there. That's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Now, Keith, it wasn't so neat years later, though, right? Because did who? How did how did Houdini die? Did he die? He he didn't yeah. die in the water thing. No, he, did he died he in the water thing. He died with another trick he did, the gut punch trick. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't he have TB or something? Did you? I, I don't know about I that. I want to say he had TB, and so that's kind of jacked it. It was a lung TB, maybe a bleeding thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. You he, research uh, and let us know, y'all. He had this trick to where he would just kind of go around and let anybody punch him as hard as they could oh. in the gut. Yeah, that's not a trick. That's not a magic trick. Right. I seen David Blaine do it one time, actually. He said, you, you remember, oh, uh, what's his name? Um, what was my fish's name? Over there. Kimbo Slice? Yeah, Kimbo Slice. Yeah, I had a bereave, a bereavement, the bereavement fish, fish called Kibo. We called him Kibo Slice, a big cooler. Because Kibo is, uh, is Japanese for hope. Okay, Yeah. cool. So we called it Kibo, hope Kibo Slice. Slice. Yeah, like hope it, Slice. man. So anyway, Kimbo Slice, though, I saw him punch David uh, David Blaine in the gut as hard as he could like that. Oh, it's the man. same trick, you know. And it's not a trick. It's really an act of endurance. It's an act of, you know, having yourself prepared with your muscles all tight and ready to go. Well, apparently one dude with Houdini didn't understand the physics behind that, and while he was sleeping, he punched him in the gut and it killed him. Oh, dang. That's bad. That's how he died. That's bad. Who else we got, Keith? Let's talk about somebody else. All right, man. The one I heard you call before, the hippie magician. (laughs) (laughs) I remember him as a kid. Doug Henning. Doug Henning. You know, I started not to mention him, but he just had so much stuff. I was thinking, man, it... It, you kind of got to mention him. You know, he wasn't famous for any one particular act. He did all the traditional things, you know, levitation, all this different stuff. But he was just very good at showmanship and getting on, very good at marketing himself. Well, he did. And as a matter of fact, Keith, 
it took him doing this one particular thing before NBC actually signed him. And you know what that was? What was it was that? Houdini's water torture trick. Oh, really? Yep. And on that show, Doug Henning's World of Magic, you know who the host was? Doug Henning? Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, yeah. I did read yeah. that somewhere. But I, was, I remember those that Doug Henning's magic. He was always so weird, man. He was kind of like dressed in these weird clothes, and he had the mustache and the long the hair. The long hair. He looked like your typical 60s, 70s dude, really. He was the hippie magician. But he was really good, technically speaking. He was good at the escape stuff. Yeah. And interestingly enough, he did illusions for at least two different major artists on their musical tours. Any any ideas about that? Was he it the cre- Grateful Dead? <laughs> no, was that it the would Allman be Brothers? No, that'd be cool <laughs> if it was. Nineteen seventy nine, he created some illusions for Earth, Wind and Fire's world tour. Yeah, I think I read that too. That's cool. And at least two of Michael Jackson's tours. Oh, that's awesome. And see that oh, duh. that's one thing that impressed me about him more than his magic was his ability to promote himself and the marketing aspect of his trade you know right. like he he has so many shows and was able to get in with all these really really famous people heck yeah i mean it may have been he may have been one of the first people to be able to do this to have to have himself on tv so much you know yeah to sell himself like that yeah he was really big in the 70s and 80s and that kind of opened the door for the next guy i got down here who was also very big on TV and was very yeah, good promoting himself. Yeah, he was big like in the 80s and 90s especially. Right, when I was a kid, yeah. So his there name was the great David Copperfield. David Copperfield. Now, when I think of great magicians, man, because of when I grew up, this is who I think of. I mean, he was amazing. I mean, yeah. he, he made the Statue of Liberty disappear for crying out loud. Heck yeah, he could make your mama disappear. He could. He could make anybody disappear. I mean, he made an airplane disappear one time, Statue of Liberty. He, it's kind of his specialty was making big things disappear. Now, looking back, I think of him as kind of cheesy. You know, he was like real melodramatic. Yeah. Real kind of showy. He, That's he was, not bad. I'm uh, not judging the guy. He was a fantastic stage performer. Like, he was, his stage uh, performances were very well done. Let's just say that. Lots of lasers and lights and just different things going on. I mean, he put the budget into those. He put it in, man. Yeah. Uh, another great thing he did, uh, awesome trick, was on one of his TV specials. He levitated himself. He flew. Actually, you know, people levitate. He flew. All right. I mean, that's really what it looked like. I, I remember watching that as a kid. I was like, he just flew out of that stinking theater. And uh, I thought it was so cool because, like, they they put the rings around him, and you're like. It can't be a cord because they're putting rings all around him. And then they even, he went into this like glass box and they closed the lid and he's still floating inside the box. You're like, how in the world does he do this stuff? It's crazy. It was man. amazing. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And he became very, very successful. So much so he owns his own island. And I've okay. probably heard about that before. All right. Well, let's bring it up to the little more modern age, man, here in the 2000s. A couple of people stand out in my mind. Whatever you think of him, uh, Chris Angel. Is a big one, Chris Angel. Yeah, he kind of took. He kind of brought a new attitude, a new look. He's not yeah. being the cheesy wearing suits. He's trying to be edgy. Yeah, and I read uh, one of his. Uh, I guess it was a biography. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was real neat how much work he actually put into this. I mean, the guy. He's very dedicated to right, his craft. People yeah. think of him as being kind of this, you know, real. Um, what do you call it? Cutting edge type. Kind of rock and roll. Yeah, rock and roll. But he is very dedicated to his craft. He work. He's a workaholic. I mean, he works so much. And uh, I, yeah, I think that's one thing you can say about him is, is he works hard to imagine up new tricks 
things people haven't done before. He wants you. to set himself apart as something different, you know. Like just how much can you do with cards? Right. Well, but you find somebody like him and the next guy, and you think, you oh, can wow. do a lot with cards. You can do a lot yeah. with some cards. And uh, probably some of his greatest tricks was uh, he walked on water in a pool one time. All right. That was pretty cool. He levitated above the Luxor Hotel. Is that how you say that? Luxor? Luxor. Luxor. Lex Luxor. Yeah, the Luxor Hotel. So he levitated above that big pyramid hotel okay, in Vegas. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, you know, what was the name of his show? He had a show on there. Yes. I used to watch that. Chris, Chris Angel Angel's... something. I don't know. Chris Angel something. Yeah, something. Show. Yeah. yeah, I watched that. I, I liked it. I watched it a lot. I'll tell you why in a few minutes. All right. All right. The next one's David Blaine. There it is right there. He doesn't do illusions. He's magic. David Blaine is like magic for real. Yeah. So he's, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this. He fosters that creepiness too. Who was first, man? Chris Angel or David Blaine? They're right there know. together. They're pretty close there together. I looked it up and I only saw like one source um, and it was like kind of a Yahoo answer thing. So you, know, you never know how accurate those are. But um, the lady said that Chris Angel had a special in like 1998. Eight, I believe, and David Blaine's first was in '99, and so it was okay. like one year apart. Very, very close. Yeah, I think of them. They kind of got famous in the 2000s, prior to 2010, and even now on up through now. Yeah, absolutely. Like early to mid 2000s. I think one thing that stands out to me about David Blaine is his short sleeves. I just, I mean, he does it on purpose. It's like there's so nothing up my sleeves it. because I'm not wearing any. You yeah. know. And he does all these card tricks and all the stuff he does, a lot of hand stuff with no sleeves on. And you know, pretty crazy. knowing a little bit about magic, I know that some of the thing, some of the tricks of the trade has to do with having sleeves. Right. You very know? much. And um, he'd do it without sleeves on. Man, I remember the first one. I can't remember what the name of it was, but where he just walked around like New York City or whatever. Yeah. Then at the end of it, he ended up like uh, at the Dallas Cowboys thing when uh, Deion Sanders and Emmett Smith were still there. Yeah, and he was freaking those dudes out, man. Yeah, and he does that. He'll uh, he'll do he tricks the for celebrities thing. and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I think he's kind of creepy, and he fosters that creepiness too. So let me ask you this, John: You had Copperfield, who was this real, you know, showmanship was polished, a big thing, showman, real polished. Yeah. And then comes pretty much after him, the next big people were. Chris Angel and And he's David a little Blaine. more on the showy side, but just in, in a, a different, different way. way. But David Blaine Real down to earth, no props, no Yeah. It's kinda like he wanted to go back to that street magic. Back to the roots, man. Back to the roots, yeah. Yeah, I like him a lot. So what's some of his biggest tricks? Well, you know, he also does feats of endurance, right? Yeah. So like serious physical ascetic type stuff. Yeah, a lot so of his greatest stuff. The was, frozen alive yeah. thing, mm-hmm. the buried alive. Right. I think of him through with the card tricks and like the stuff cards appearing on the back of windows when he's just walking down the street. Yeah. I don't know, man. He does some crazy stuff. He does, and I don't know. I don't know how he does a lot of his stuff. I really don't, you know. And, and so let's talk about. He's one of the best for sure. Speaking of not knowing how they do some of this stuff, let's talk about this right here. All right. What do you think about the masked magician, man? The masked magician. Yeah, maybe try I, to say that maybe again. I stumbled over it. The no, I did. Oh, you did. I the thought masked. You were fun of me. No, <laughs> but I could. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I was. I didn't mess it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna make fun of you. Then. I'm calling. So you tell us about right. the masked musician. You don't know about the. Masked I don't know him. Man. Oh don't man, know he has some about. TV specials where he wear a mask and he would reveal 
tricks. Oh, people don't magicians don't like that they when don't people like do it revenge. at all. I mean, he even revealed some of the big ones, like when like David Copperfield walked through the Great Wall of China. You know, he revealed how he did that. He revealed like some of the greatest. You know, and his idea was it's like he's a rat, man. He was, he's a rat. and you know, I, I read something about there was some kind of magicians like society that you had to be a part of it that said that you're not supposed to do this. You know what yeah. I mean? And, I don't know. I guess he wasn't part of that society, but anyway. Or he got kicked out of the society. He might have. Maybe it was vengeance. Vengeance. But his idea, though, John, was that he was tired of the same old tricks. He was tired of sawing the lady in half. He was tired of all this right, stuff. Right, I got you. And he wanted magicians to come out with new stuff. Now this Take happened. Take it to the next level. Yeah, and this happened really level. right before Chris Angel and David Blaine, okay. and then continued a little bit into their careers. And you can still watch YouTube videos of the Masked Musician, how they used to do all these tricks. See, now I'm going to have to get on YouTube this weekend and check out all this stuff. Yeah. But anyway, I feel like it worked. Like Chris Angel, David Blaine, they really stepped up the whole game of magic. And uh, it probably has something to do with he revealed all the old tricks. you got to come right. up with new stuff. you got to do it, man. He and put so, the fire to their feet. I don't know. I don't know how everybody feels about that. But I kind of feel like he accomplished what he was trying to accomplish. Right. He got new stuff out there. So, anyway. I would you know what I'd like to see? I'd awesome. like to see Doug Henning make David Copperfield disappear. Oh, that'd be cool. Forever. Forever? No, I'm just kidding. Don't say that, man. <laughs> He's my favorite. I'm just messing yeah. with you, man. I know it's a, a product of that. You just remember those things fondly, and especially as a kid. You Nostalgia. Can, you know, I don't know, man. I'm pretty good at suspending my, uh, or what do you call it? Suspending disbelief. Yeah. Like, I want to see it happen. I'm gonna yeah. watch a little bit, but I want to see you do something cool. I want to see some magic, man. I like. I want to see how they did it, and then after I know how they did it, I wish I hadn't have known. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? There you go. Like I actually heard a podcast not too long ago about, and the guy revealed how David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear, and it's just not as magical to me anymore. It's not. And he warned me, and I still listen. I don't know why. Dang I it, Keith. I know it. But anyway. Well, you know what else? You know there, what's magical? What's that? The Flumadiddle podcast is there magical. There is. We got one more to talk about. All right, let's do it. The great and glorious Keith Clay. All right. Yeah. See, man. Who's he? I told you I had a little bit of experience with magic. And here's, here's Just what happened. Just to be dangerous. I worked about 10 years in a hospital night shift, okay? All right. Now, sometimes you're busy. You know, you got a lot going on, so you have no time for nothing. But sometimes you have a lot of time on your hands, and it's the middle of the night, and you ain't got nothing to do. And other people who work there are the same way. And so I kind of, I don't know how I got into it, really. Maybe I watched a Chris Angel show or something like that, but I just decided that I was going to start doing that as like some nighttime entertainment at the hospital. And I started, right. And so I started studying these tricks and doing them for people in the hospital. I'd have like a break room full of people and would be doing tricks for them. Did you and do the cups of balls trick and take their money? I did not pull the cup <laughs> or the balls out. Did not do either one of those things. No. Um, so here are a few of my great tricks. I'm just going right. to tell you what they were. Okay. Card through a locker. So Card one of the break rooms had a bunch of lockers in there. I had a lady sign a card, right? I threw them at the lockers. Okay. The card couldn't be found. And then the locker was locked. We found out who had that locker, had them unlock the locker, and inside the locker was the sign card. Keith Blaine in the house. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool, dude. All right, so another one I did, 
I did a lot of prediction prediction tricks and okay. the one I had was like I had a newspaper and I had an assistant and I would have the audience uh, choose what section of the newspaper alright so they would choose it and then I would move my finger around and tell them no actually I would have my assistant cut that into a bunch of different pieces alright and so then I would flip through the pieces and I'd help tell them stop and they'd tell me stop so then I would move my finger over that one piece and say stop and I had wrote down in an envelope the exact sentence they would have me stop before we even start the trick. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was a good one. You're creepy, Keith. This is the best trick I have ever had. All right. And you may have seen it on YouTube. It's the self-tying shoe trick. I can make my shoes tie themselves. Now, here's why it was so good for me, John. When I saw this on YouTube, I saw the guy's hand in his pocket. And I thought, man, it's so obvious how he's doing this. And so... I said I can do it better. And so I figured out how not only to not have my hands in my pockets, but also I would lift my pants leg up and show them my leg before I did the trick. My shoe, let them examine my laces, all that stuff before I did the trick. And so that's what made it different than anything I'd seen on YouTube. And still to this day, I don't think anybody's done it that well. All right. So that's my trick, man. Well, you need to practice up, man. I want to see that like at a Monday morning meeting sometime. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> And then I also made, uh, this was a couple of Chris Angel things. And what, this is one way that I would do tricks is I would watch that Chris Angel show. I told you, i tell you why I watched it. I would watch them and, you know, not everything on YouTube will show you how you do stuff, but I would just figure out how to do it myself. I have no idea if I was doing these tricks the same way Chris Angel was doing them, but I was getting them done, so I didn't care. There you go. You know, so like one of them was disappearing people and making the pe people appear like down a hall. I could right. like we'd be standing in the middle of the hall and have like a sheet and I'd make them either appear or disappear from behind the sheet. And All then right. one was called gum restore. It's like you're chewing a piece of gum and you ask somebody, say, Oh man, you want a piece? This is my last piece. And so you put it back in the paper in your hand and then you toss it up in the air and catch it and then it's restored back to a, a non chewed piece of gum. Piece of gum yeah. All right, cool, man. And I saw Chris Angel do that when I just figured out how to do it. So Right on, brother. So man, I had a lot of fun with it and it was a good pastime you know at the night shift at the old hospital the amazing keith who knew man i know is it flumadiddle or is it true i don't know i don't know probably a little bit of both a little bit of both well there you have it folks it's all magic whoa 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 it's, it's magic, magic you, you know. know that one's for free y'all we appreciate you listening to flumadiddle your somewhat reliable source of information for most things and follow us on whatever you listen to your podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can get your podcast, you click that little follow button so you'll know when we got a new exactly. one. Exactly. Hey, and go on there and give us a five star rating. We certainly would appreciate it. And Keith, tell the good people where they can reach us at. We well, can get us on our Gmail, which is do you flumadiddle at gmail.com. That's one M, not two. Because two is a dessert. Is a dessert. Also, our website, do you flumadiddle.com. And I guess that's it, Keith. That's right, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. Thanks for Peace. Listening. Peace out.